You're listening to the Well Woman Healthy Lifestyle Podcast, your ultimate resource for high-achieving professional women. I'm your host, Michelle Broad, a certified women's health, adult nurse practitioner, and hormone expert. As a proud daughter, wife, mama, and nan of two, I understand the importance of balancing success in your career with your personal well-being. In our empowering podcast, we are dedicated to fueling your ambition and prioritizing your health. Join us as we dive into achieving a harmonious blend of career excellence and personal wellness. Say goodbye to overwhelming jargon and complex science. We're here to provide practical insights and actionable advice in an approachable, non-judgmental manner. So we want you to tune in and embark on a transformative journey toward a healthier, more vibrant you. Ladies, it's time to take charge of your health and career like never before and empower yourself to thrive. Excuse me, gosh, I'm a little hoarse this morning and I'm sorry, so I'm drinking my warm tea here. I've had a little bit of a scratchy throat for the several days and I'm just trying to go at it naturally. Okay, so today, here's the thing. I like to do a lot of research and you know that. So I've been researching like hot women's health trends. What are women talking about out there? What are they asking questions about? And it's funny as I'm doing my research, I'm finding that the trends really have not changed over the last three years or so. And the questions that women are asking are still at the top of the list. Okay, they haven't changed much over the last three years from 2020, 2021, 2022 to 2023. Actually, that's four years, okay? So I just wanted to give you a little bit of a rundown, excuse me, let me get my list here, you know, of what these topics are that are trending and that women are keep asking questions about and then I want to talk to you about, like, I think we've achieved some of these by answering these some of these questions here on the podcast. So mental health and wellness is at the top. Okay, so we've talked a lot this year about mental health and wellness. Reproductive health and fertility. We have talked about that as, too, as well on the podcast. Breast health. So we just had a podcast episode on that two episodes, I think, ago was all about breast health. Then polycystic ovarian syndrome. Okay, we had a whole podcast dedicated to polycystic ovarian syndrome, and I'll try to put these in in the show notes if you want to go back and listen to those, you can. We have talked about menopause and perimenopause this year, but I think I'm going to dive into a deeper topic of that and try to get a guest on for that one as well. Sexual health and well-being. Okay, we have talked about, I talked about that last year, I think two years ago, and I had um, um, a sex expert on as a guest, but we're going to be talking about that episode today, so a little bit more on that as we come. Then it's gender equality in healthcare. So it really goes into advocacy for gender equality. I haven't really talked about that because I really don't know how I can relate that to a podcast episode, but that's one of them. Nutrition and diet, of course, we always talk about nutrition and diet here. And then access to healthcare. And really don't know how I could do a podcast about access to healthcare, but I wanted to give you these topics because these are the women's health topics that are trending, that we're seeing a lot of women ask questions about. And like I said, they haven't really changed because I was going back and doing some research and this, my research was from 2022, also from 2023, but some of these same questions and same things about seven women's health topics that we need to talk about in 2020 that I was researching were a lot of these same things. So it kind of, you know, blows my mind that with all of the information out there, you know, we're still, women are still asking these questions. So we are not doing a really great job, obviously, in my book to really you know, address these and get women talking about this. And I think, ladies, here's the problem, how I see it, okay? And you can, you know, open, I'm open for conversations all the time. You can hit me up on Instagram. You can hit me up, write me on my email list. You can send back all kinds of different things. But here's the thing. 
I have been preaching this for years, ever since I started this podcast, which has been about like almost four years now, I think we've been doing the podcast, how we have to, as women, as a group of women, okay, we need to come together and we need to start having dialogues and having open conversations and we are still not there. And that is why the problem of you see all these different trends and women asking these same questions over and over again. Like there's tons of information out there on menopause and perimenopause, okay? But why are women still, you know, in the dark about it? Why, when I looked last year and looked at a study that was done in 2020, 2022, at the end, all these women were saying that they're still mystified. They've never been told about what goes on in the perimenopause. They don't understand what to expect in the menopause. They can't talk to their providers, you know? So we're seeing a breakdown somewhere. <clears throat> And you can't only just blame it on the system, okay? Because it's not generally always just the system's fault. Yes, the system is part of it. It's not a great system, medical system. We've talked about that before. But the other part is your involvement as a woman in this environment, okay? In this woman's health environment. And part of your involvement is, excuse me, is being open to wanting to talk about these things. Like I tried to do a group, it was funny, I wanted to do a group coaching thing on wellness. And I got from so many people, well, I don't want to talk about my illness. I don't want to talk about what's going on with me. Okay, well, right there, ladies, is the problem. Why will we get together in a group and we will talk about our business woes? We'll talk about what's going good in our business, what's not going on in our business. We'll We'll be so eager to share the pitfalls with other people like, hey, how do I get over this in my business? How do I make my business better? You know, and we're not afraid to talk about, you know, so-called, you know, you know, failings, I want to say, I don't like that word, but you know, in our business and we're so eager to talk about relationships and all those other things. But when it comes to our health, women are saying, oh, I don't want to be in a group. I don't want to talk about that. I don't want anybody else knowing about what's going on with my health. Well, why not? You know, why can we not share openly and honestly about concerns that are going on in our lives because your concern is probably somebody else's concern as well and they're probably just feeling as in in the dark about it as you are and when we come together and we're open about this in a non-judgmental space as we are here on the podcast then what you've gone through or maybe things that you've experienced and helped you get through something could be a benefit to another woman so she cannot make the same you know maybe she can get to her end thing faster. Maybe she could find better things that she hasn't tried for her illness because you've tried it for yours or whatever it is. We don't have to look at her health as illness. We can look at our at our total at our health and just use it as a word as health. Okay. So what if you have endometriosis? Why can you not talk about that you have endometriosis? Like we have all these little groups, okay? Like women who have endometriosis go into a group with other women who have endometriosis and they talk about it. But we can't talk about in a group of like, maybe I don't have endometriosis, so why wouldn't a woman who has it still not want to talk to me about it? I can learn a lot, even if I don't have it. Then by learning about it and learning about other shared experiences, if I come across somebody who has who has endometriosis, I can then talk to them about it and say, hey, I have this, I have this person who, who has it, and this is what they've shared with me. That's what it's all about, ladies. It's about sharing information not judging each other. It's about learning from each other and about growing from each other. So that's part of why we keep seeing these trends of the same things, women asking the same questions over and over again, people still in the dark, because we are afraid to talk about these things in an open format. We keep saying, oh, I I don't want to share that. 
Well, my goodness, we share about everything else. Why wouldn't we want to share about that? So I just want to encourage you, you know, to comment, you know, like if you go, if you follow us on Instagram at Well Woman Network, okay, we put out a lot of information and nobody ever comments on it. Comment on it. Share your experience. You don't have to exactly like, okay, I agree. Oh, yay. Thank you. What you're saying. I love it. Well, say, what do you love about it? What did you get out of it? You know, what can you take away from it? Or just share your experience with one, what you've done with it. Because other people want to know that. Okay. Engage. Don't just be an, in a, you know, a bystander on the side lurking. You know, when people say get involved, comment, you know, share your experience, DM people, talk to people, you know. When I ask in my newsletter, give us hit the reply button and let me know. Talk to people. What do you want to hear? Let me know what you want to hear. If you listen and you just stand by the sidelines and things don't change, then it's all of our collective faults. Okay. And I'm just going to be honest. Okay. Because I'm brutally honest with a lot of things. I'm not one to sugarcoat things. If we're not getting the things that we want to get, then it's because we are not fostering that Okay. Do you hear me? We're not fostering open communication and we need to. Okay. So I'm going to get off the bandwagon with that. And I want to get to our today's topic. And today's topic is unveiling desire, a journey to empower women's sexual health, because that is still one of those topics that's trending out there and that women have questions about it. So I wanted to talk about that because it's often shrouded in stigma and silence. And that's, I think, why women are still asking these questions. Promoting healthy and fulfilling sexual lives for women is still being shrouded in stigma and silence. So I want to break the taboos. I want to dispel the myths, and I want us to explore this critical aspect of women's well-being. So that's what we're going to do today. Because ladies, sexual health is integral to our overall well-being. It's a topic that deserves more open and honest conversations. Just as like a lot of things, you know, not just this, but we, we need open and honest communication. So today I'm going to discuss why it's essential and I'm going to provide you practical tips for women to enhance and to embrace their sexual health and fulfillment. <clears throat> now don't turn me off here, but if you have young people listening, we are going to be diving into a talk about sexual health. So if you don't want them to listen to, I'm giving you the forewarning, you know, put your earbuds on, don't listen to it in the car with them or whatever. Okay. And this is for people who have a healthy sexual relationship, just like this is for people who maybe who don't have such a healthy sexual relationship or people who are looking to have a healthier one. Okay. So this is non-judgmental. I'm just passing on information here and we are taking a look into different segments of this. So first of all, we're going to look deeper into the fundamental question. (coughs) Excuse me. Let me grab a sip of tea here. So the question is, why is sexual health so vital for women's overall well-being? Okay, so here's the thing, ladies. The relationship between sexual health and emotional well-being is intricate and it's profound. A healthy sexual life can be a source of profound emotional fulfillment. It's not merely about physical pleasure, okay, as as a lot of people think, but it extends into one's self-esteem, self-worth, and emotional stability. So a sexual health affects all of us in many different capacities, okay? So a fulfilling sex life can boost self-esteem and body confidence. Feeling desired, wanted, and sexually satisfied contributes to a more positive self-image, which in turn can affect your overall self-confidence and emotional well-being, which can affect your entire life, okay? 
Engaging in sexual activities releases endorphins, often referred to as those feel-good hormones. These endorphins have a natural stress-reducing effect, thus lowering anxiety and elevating mood. Therefore, regular sexual activity can contribute to reduced stress and anxiety levels. A satisfying sexual life can lead to a more positive self-image, so embracing your sexuality and feeling good about your body are essential aspects of a healthier self-image. <clears throat> this, this newfound sense of confidence, ladies, can spill over into other areas of your life, improving your overall emotional well-being. Okay? So here's the other thing, physical health benefits. So beyond pleasure, while the physical pleasure derived from a healthy sexual life is evident, it's important, ladies, to recognize that the benefits extend far beyond that. Okay? So let's look at some other ways. So cardiovascular health. Engaging in sexual activity can be a cardiovascular workout in itself. It raises your heart rate and it burns calories, akin to light, moderate exercise. Regular sexual activity can contribute to improved cardiovascular health, benefiting your heart and circulatory system. Okay? It may also come as a surprise to you, but sexual activity can strengthen your immune system. Okay? Research has suggested that sexual activity increases the production of immunoglobulin A, IgA, <clears throat> an antibody that plays a significant role in immune function. A more robust immune system helps your body fight off infections and illnesses more effectively. Okay? Beyond mood elevation, endorphins released during sexual activity can also provide natural pain relief. So whether it's relief from menstrual cramps or headaches, the body's own endorphins can help manage discomfort and pain. All right, enhancing emotional relationship satisfaction, the emotional connection. It's not just about personal well-being. A fulfilling sex life, ladies, can profoundly impact your intimate relationships, okay? Open and honest communication about desires, boundaries, and needs forms the foundation of a healthy sexual relationship. This dialogue fosters trust, and it also fosters emotional connection between you and your partner. A strong emotional connection enhances overall relationship satisfaction and intimacy, okay? Sharing, in, sharing intimate experiences with your partner deepens the emotional bond. So whether through physical intimacy, emotional connection, or exploring, you know, different fantasies together, these shared moments together can strengthen the connection between you and your partner, okay? A satisfying sexual life isn't just about one partner's pleasure, okay? It's about ensuring mutual satisfaction and prioritizing each other's desires and needs so that it can lead to a harmonious and more fulfilling relationship, okay? So in essence, ladies, sexual health isn't merely just about pleasure, okay? <clears throat> it's a complex interplay of emotional, physical, and relational aspects. Embracing your sexual well-being is a crucial step towards improving your overall quality of life and health, okay? All right, so now I wanna dive into talking about destigmatizing women's desires, okay? It's a topic that definitely demands more attention and understanding, and we, I'm not going into total depth here, but I'm just touching the surface on it here, okay? Societal norms have often framed women's sexual desire as secondary or less important than men's, and this has been known throughout the centuries. This double standard can lead to women feeling embarrassed, ashamed, or even guilty about their sexual desires. The truth is, ladies, that like men, experience, experience sexual desires as a natural part of our lives. So we need sexual 
pleasure just like Amanda's and you know we often look at oh it's just you know men need it all the time we need to give it to our men but you know we also need it and it needs to be a shared thing and it needs to be a mutual thing and not looked at as just a man thing okay that's a double standard and it just can make us feel embarrassed ashamed and even guilty and that's where a lot of this you know shrouded in shame comes from okay okay all right desire ladies is multifaceted and unique to each individual it's not a one-size-fits-all concept so understanding your desires what excites you and what fills you is a deeply personal journey there's no normal and I mean you can't see me but I'm putting up my quotation fingers there's no normal or standard when it comes to what turns you on or makes you feel desired okay so it is time that we as women celebrate the diversity of women's sexual desires there's no right or wrong way to experience desire whether you have a high or low libido whether you're attracted to men women both or neither your desires are valid and should be celebrated embracing your unique desires is the first step to a more fulfilling sexual life okay all right now I want to address some concerns that are common that can hinder some women's sexual health these issues although they're sometimes frequently overlooked can have a profound impact number one body image and self-esteem so ladies here's the thing a lot of us are body conscious body image concerns can significantly affect our sexual desire and our sexual well-being society often promotes unrealistic body standards leading us to feel insecure and inadequate these concerns can make women feel disconnected from their bodies and less willing to engage in sexual experiences so addressing body image and pro promoting sexual I mean and promoting self-love is crucial and we talked about you know self-love for ourselves okay and being your number one self-care advocate that's looking at your body in a positive way no matter where you are okay and not looking at, at, at somebody else as the model you are your own model okay number two fear fear of judgment and rejection so the fear of being judged or rejected by a partner can be paralyzing this fear often stems from societal pressures and stereotypes again women may worry about how their desires or fantasies will be perceived okay because we're often told that it's only what a man wants okay women's desires and needs are second although that's primitive but it still exists addressing these fears and discussing them openly with your partner can lead to a healthier more fulfilling sexual experience okay and lastly feelings of inadequacy feelings of inadequacy can arise from various different sources including comparison like I said with others performance anxiety thinking you have to perform in a certain way or past experiences like I had this bad experience with this partner so you think it's going to happen with this one and it also that kind of limits you from wanting to engage and you know those type of things so recognizing and addressing these feelings is the first step towards resolving them okay so some common concerns I want to go over again are the body image and self-esteem fear of judgment and rejection and feelings of inadequacy these are things that we need to you know start talking about and start looking at and addressing so that we can get over them all right now moving to this engaging and encouraging open and honest conversations about sex and sexual health is not just important ladies it's necessity so we're going to take a closer look at this cornerstone of sexual well-being okay so with a partner communication with your partner is fundamental to a healthy and fulfilling sexual relationship so here's the thing you should be discussing your desires your boundaries and your concerns openly and honestly you should be doing that as well as they should and you should not be afraid to do that with your partner by sharing your thoughts and listening to your partner's 
you can create a space of mutual understanding and trust. This allows you to explore your desires together and ensures that both partners feel heard and valued. Because again, ladies, it's also about you. You're part of this, you know, relationship. So you need to be heard and you need to feel valued. Okay. Whether you're married, not married, whatever. Okay. Okay. So with healthcare professionals, so here's the thing too, with your healthcare professional, don't hesitate ladies to seek guidance and support from healthcare professionals who specialize in sexual health. If you feel that you have an issue with this or a problem, they can provide valuable insights, address concerns and other solutions to enhance your sexual well-being. These professionals are trained to provide expert guidance without judgment. Okay. Or you can also join a support group and you can communicate with other people who may have some of the same issues or concerns or other things. So it's always empowering again to talk about the issues that are at hand. Okay. Next, let's talk about tips for promoting and enhancing women's sexual health. Okay. So I want to talk to you about some practical tips. So these are beyond the basics. These tips encompass a comprehensive approach to well-being. They're not everything, but I try to make them as you know comprehensive as possible. Okay, education and awareness, and awareness because knowledge. What do I always say about knowledge? Knowledge is power. Okay, so here's the thing, ladies. Understanding your own body, and I tell you this not just with your sexual health, but with every every other aspect of your health. It starts by gaining a comprehensive understanding of your own body. Explore your anatomy your reproductive health, and your menstrual cycle. Knowledge is empowering, and knowing how your body functions can help you make informed decisions about your sexual health as well as all of your other health. Okay, so this is all-encompassing about being your number one self-care advocate and your number one self-care hero. <coughs> Educate yourself about safe, about safe sexual practices and contraception options, if those are things that you need to be concerned about, because understanding the risk and benefits of different methods allows you to make choices that align with your sexual health goals and lifestyle. Okay. I get a lot of ladies or that come into me or young adolescents that are moving into that, into that part of their life that ask me, Hey, Michelle, so what do you think is the best <clears throat> birth control method that, or I should use or, you know, or whatever. And I'm like, it's not about me. It's about you. You need to look at your sexual health practices. Okay. What's going to best fit your needs? And that's what you need to explore. Okay. Cause not one method is right for everybody. Okay. So the next thing is sexual response and desire. So I want you to recognize ladies, and this is very vital for us women, that sexual response and desires varies from one woman to another, and it can change over time in that same woman. Okay. This knowledge can alleviate feelings of inadequacy and help you to embrace your unique sexual experiences. Okay. So every one of us has a different sexual appetite. Every one of us sees sex differently. Every one of us experiences relationships differently. So it is unique to the individual and you need to realize that it does vary from person to person. So when, even when you're talking about it with your friends, you've got to realize, okay. And when we're talking about these kind of conversations, here's what we have to do. We have to say, this is how it is for me. It may not be that way for you, but I'm sharing it with you. Okay. Not to say to make feel, make people feel like that what your experience is, is something that they have to experience. And if they're not experiencing that, then, th then they're missing the mark because that's where judgment comes in and we need to get rid of that. Okay. And even in yourself, your sexual appetite when you were 20 can change when you're 30. It can change when you're 40 and 50 hormonal shifts going on. Everything that's going on in your life can change those desires. So don't feel bad 
if your desires change over time <clears throat> and talk with your partner about those changes and desires for yourself as well. Okay. All right. Now I want to talk to you about self-care and emotional well-being, nurturing your inner self. Okay. So stress reduction, because you know, we always talk about stress reduction. So when we prioritize stress reduction as an essential aspect of your sexual well-being, high stress levels can diminish your desire and your enjoyment. So incorporate stress reduction techniques such as mindfulness, meditation, yoga, deep breathing into your routine to enhance your overall emotional and sexual well-being, okay? <clears throat> Describing a sip of tea there. So again, stress, if you've got a lot of stress going on, of course, you may not be feeling sexually desirable because you've got so much stress going on. So if you find that that's interfering, practice stress reduction techniques. If you feel that body positivity is something that is hindering you, then work on fostering a positive body image. Practice self-love and self-acceptance. Your emotional well-being, ladies, is closely tied to how you perceive your body. So I want you to embrace your body, no matter the size or shape or whatever. Love yourself and embrace yourself where you're at today, because this can lead to increased self-confidence, and I want you to have that, and it can lead to a more satisfying sexual experience, okay? Next, emotional connection. Building em emotional intimacy with your partner can contribute to a more fulfilling sex life. So I want you to invest in time in open communication, affection, and quality time spent together. This emotional connection can lead to deeper trust and enhanced sexual satisfaction. So we talked about communication, the key to a healthy sexual relationship. So desires and boundaries, what are those? So open and honest communication with your partner is essential component of a healthy sexual relationship. Discuss your desires, your boundaries, and your concerns. By openly sharing these ladies, these thoughts, okay, they can actively, you know, bring your partner into the situation and it can create a safe space of mutual understanding and trust, paving the way for a more fulfilling and satisfying sexual life. So you need to be able to communicate with your partner, your desires, your boundaries, what do you want to do, what don't you want to do, what do you like, what you don't like, all those things. Even if you are married, like I said, and you've been with a partner for a long time, things change over time. Needs change over time. And as they do, you have to be open to talk to whoever your partner is, okay? Constant and mutual understanding. Remember, ladies, that consent is a fundamental aspect of a healthy sexual relationship. Consent should be enthusiastic. It should be ongoing and freely given by all involved parties. Consent means that all participants feel safe and respected. So engage in a dialogue about consent and explore each other's desires and boundaries with your partners, especially if you're just with new partners and you're getting to know somebody. Those are things that are important as well. Not necessarily if you've been with somebody for a long time, okay? Next, I want to talk about medical checkups, a proactive approach to sexual health. So make regular gynecological checkups a priority because these appointments, ladies, offer a comprehensive view of your sexual and reproductive health. Discuss any concerns or issues with your healthcare provider to address potential problems early. Gynecological visits provide opportunities to monitor your overall well-being from, conception, from contraception and sexual health to sexually transmitted infections or fertility discussions or perimenopause or menopausal discussions, okay? Don't hesitate to seek professional guidance if you experience pain with intercourse, okay? Con conditions such as dyspareunia, which is painful intercourse, or vulvodynia, which is pain in the, in the vulva, can cause distress during sexual activities. 
Healthcare providers who specialize in sexual pain disorders can often tailor, give you tailored solutions to address these concerns. So if you're having any of these issues, don't be afraid to talk to your medical provider about them. And if your medical provider doesn't provide you the answers, by all means, you got my permission, go find a new one who will. Okay, now let's talk about, in our final segment, I want to explore the concept of embracing pleasure as a fundamental aspect of your sexual well-being. This isn't just about addressing issues, it's also about celebrating the joy and satisfaction that can come from embracing your sexuality, okay? So explore your desires. Have it be a journey of discovery, variety, and exploration, ladies. One less common but essential tip to explore is a variety of sexual desires and experiences. Sometimes, if you've been married for a long time or you've been in a relationship with somebody for a long time, you can fall into a routine. But by incorporating novelty and exploration can rekindle that passion. Consider trying new forms of different forms of physical intimacy, you know, to maybe if you have a fantasy or other things that you may want to infuse into your sexual life. Talk about about with your partner, okay? It's always good to talk about and have open communication. I think that's the fundamental here, open communication. Embracing your fantasies can add depth and excitement to your experiences. Role-playing also allows you to explore different scenarios and and personas, adding layers of fun and adventure to your intimate life. Create a safe space with your partner to share your desires and turn them into reality. And don't be afraid. It's your bedroom. Hey, do what you like to do, okay? Prioritize your own pleasure. Self-care in the bedroom. Okay, mindful sex. Practice mindful sex. I'm sorry. Practice mindfulness during sex, which involves being fully present in the moment. Okay, we talk about mindfulness in our everyday life. We talk about mindfulness with our food. So again, now here we're going to talk about mindfulness during sex. Be present. This mindfulness can intensify your pleasure by allowing you to be fully engaged in the experience. It's about savoring every touch, sensation, emotion, resulting in a more fulfilling sexual life. You know, like make time for this, you know, and do different things. Appreciate your body's and your partner's body through sensory exploration. Take time to explore the textures, smells, and tastes of your partner's skin. Sensual massages, for example, can help connect you on a deeper level and celebrate your bodies, okay? Engage in exercises that boost your body confidence, okay? Unleash your creativity. Have creative date nights, okay? Plan creative date nights with your partner. Explore your artistic sides together, whether through painting, writing, or any other creative outlet. This shared creativity can lead to an emotional connection and increase sexual satisfaction. So maybe you need to change it up a little bit, okay? Maybe have a romantic date and then move into sexual activity if that's something that you want to do. So ladies, I hope that you got something out of this because I wanted to just break down some of the stereotypes, some of the stigmas and talk to you about accepting your sexuality and your sexual health and how that's so important to you as a woman and how that can also translate to other areas of your life, okay? Because when you are feeling well, whether you are sexually active or you're not, okay, neither one is right nor wrong, okay? If you have a partner or you don't have a partner, okay, there, there's no right or wrong. This is not black or white. This is a shade of gray. So we want to, we want to, you know, applaud and we want to explore every aspect and we want to celebrate every woman and we want every woman to celebrate themselves no matter where they are in a relationship, okay? Even if you don't have a partner, you still want to feel good about your sexuality and feel good about you as a woman, because our sexuality is entangled into us feeling like we are women, okay? 
So there's many things that you can do, ladies, even if you are not in a relationship, to feel healthy sexually and to feel good about your body and do things for yourself. Date nights with yourself, okay? Having luxurious, you know, baths, doing things to pamper yourself to make you feel great about you. You don't necessarily need a male, a partner, I'm going to say, sorry, a partner to make you feel that way, okay? You can do that with yourself. And that's exactly what you should be doing. We should, it all should start with us building up our own confidence, having body image, good body image about ourselves, feeling healthy and strong in our own bodies, because that, that is sexy. That is powerful. Okay. And when you've got that about yourself, whether you've got a sex life or not, it's going to take off immensely. So I want to thank you ladies for joining me in this in-depth exploration of empowering women's sexual health. I want you to remember that your sexual health is integral to your overall well-being, okay? So by addressing stigmas, seeking knowledge, and fostering open communication, we as a group of women can promote a healthier and more fulfilling sex life for each and every one of us, okay? It's about open communication. So ladies, if you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to our channel, leave us a rating and review, and share it with your girlfriends. So we are going to be back next week with another topic. But I wanted to say thank you so much for listening to us. Please do go and leave us a rating review. Go over on Instagram and, you know, hop on the conversation bandwagon. Help us to have conversations. Don't just leave a like. Leave a comment. Say something about the post or about the live or about the reel or something that you see. We would love it. Go to our website, wellwomannetwork.com. Sign up to become part of our VIP newsletter. When we ask questions there, answer us back, okay? Again, if you like this podcast, hit follow, share it with a girlfriend. It all helps us to move up the rankings on iTunes, and we really love that so we can share more with the world. So until next week, ladies, like I always say, may God richly bless your life, and bye for now.